We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Tackle football is really a man's game. And it's incredibly dangerous to the developing brain. We're trying to tell that story to parents through science. Turbo's on three. Right now we are shooting a 30 second video called Where There's Smoke. It is a controversial concept, but we now have the data that shows that playing youth tackle football and developing CT is correlated in a very similar way to smoking and developing lung cancer. Chris Nowinski, co-founder and CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation. Trying to help parents visualize that those two things are equally bad. Letting your kid smoke and letting your kid play tackle football are both bad ideas. The one variable that really seems to be driving your risk of CT is how many years you play. That's part of the new Tackle Can Wait campaign from the Concussion Legacy Foundation. Tackle can wait how long? How long should you have to wait? Some stunning new research on CTE and the effects of playing tackle football when you are young. Let's talk about it with the CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation, the author of Head Games, The Global Concussion Crisis. He's Chris Nowinski. Chris, great to have you here on Home and Home. It's Dave Briggs. It's Ross Tucker. Some stunning new research on the impact of playing tackle football when you are young. Tell us about the key findings of this research. So the key finding is we looked at the brains of 266 former football players who passed away, of which most of them had CTE, but not all of them. We tried to figure out what was driving their risk of CTE. And through advanced statistical analysis, it was very clear that those who had longer careers playing tackle football were far more likely to develop CTE. And in fact, the risk goes up 30% per year, meaning your odds of developing CT double every 2.6 years. And so that's the finding from the study. And what the Concussion Legacy Foundation is trying to apply that to is, okay, well, how do you solve that problem? How do you shorten careers to prevent future CT cases among football players? The logical thing to do would be to start later because those years when you're young aren't nearly as important or valuable. Chris, uh, without getting too deep into the weeds, just talk to me about about the math and the science and how you came up with those numbers of knowing, you know, because I've watched the entire PSA. It's a terrific job, but actually knowing each year from when you start how much it increases your odds. So we interview every family member to get their uh, football history. And then, you know, the analysis saying that your risk increases 30% per year is is a relatively simple analysis. What we also did, though, was there's always a concern and an awareness that brain bank samples might be biased, right? Not everybody has the same incentive to donate a brain, so you're more likely to get CT cases or you might be more likely to get people who had longer careers. So we ran some simulations around that. Inverse probability weighting. I'm sorry, I got in the weeds there. But the point is that even if people with CT are 50 times more likely to give us their brain, the results still hold. So these results are remarkably robust. 
the relationship between, you know, th there's also just a scientific term called a p-value that helps you appreciate is your, could your finding be due to randomness? Is the, find, the fact that each year football increases your odds of CT random? The odds that this is random are four in a billion. This relationship is very real. This might be that evidence we hope can draw a line in the sand for families and say, oh gosh, if I don't want my kid to have CTE, there is a choice I can make, stay in flag longer. He's wicked smart. Talking to Chris Nowinski, the CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation. Chris, the thinking was before, it was really about the number of concussions that you had over the course of your career that led to CTE later in your career. How has that thinking changed? Uh, it's it. We've done a 180 on it. I, when when I started this work, you know, and I got my concussions in 2003 when I was a WWE superstar. I you know, and I learned about CTE. Everyone talked about concussions being related to CTE, and I was like, darn, I've had a lot of concussions. But the more we look at the data, and the, now that we have we have over 500 brains of football players. Uh, we can see that there isn't a statistical correlation between the number of concussions they were diagnosed with or the number they think they had and told their family about. But instead, it's a relationship between number of years they play, which is likely a proxy for the thousands of hits to the head they took. And that makes sense if like, you know, Ross and I banged heads quite a bit and banged heads against each other in college. Uh, you know, if you get hit in the head a thousand times a year, maybe one of those causes a concussion. But the other 900, <clears throat> excuse me, 99 are damaging your brain as well. That's the finding that we're all starting to become awake to. So uh, a couple of things I guess I don't understand, Chris. Some of them I've asked you earlier. Um, but how do we know that it's so bad in particular when you're 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10? Now, I'm glad I didn't play football till I was 12. But how do we know that it's in particular bad then? And it feels like every, all the press releases I get, the brains you get are usually always of NFL guys or college guys. Do we have evidence that CTE and significant CTE can come from only youth and high school football? So when you're using those terms of, of youth and high school and, and college, what we're realizing that it's really just a proxy for years. So if, if we flip that for you and just say, instead of saying NFL players, say people who played 15 or more years, which is sort of the average, right? And the question is, you know, if this was smoking and lung cancer, that 15 year plus group, you'd expect to have more cases. And that one or two year group, you'd expect to have almost no cases of lung cancer, right? We, we sort of assume that one cigarette isn't causing this, it's the repetition of the act. And that's why this PSA and analogies is helpful in making sense of that. And so it, it, if you think about it, smoking and lung cancer, what the curve that we're finding in terms of your risk going up each year is almost over overlays the smoking and risk curve. So it all makes sense through the lens of understanding smoking and lung cancer. When we dip down to what's worse about being young. So we have this study that says it doesn't matter what level you played or how old you were each year appears to be so, somewhat equally bad and that risk going up 30% per year. And then we also have studies looking at those who started before 12, if they develop a brain disease, had symptoms earlier. We have another study saying those who started before 12 were more likely to deal with issues like depression and anxiety later on. And the theory there as a neuroscientist, I can tell you is that when you hit a developing brain over and over again, you're going to change what it becomes, right? You're talking about 86 billion neurons, trillions of delicate connections, 
between the ages of eight and 13, your brain is doing magical things as your child sort of becomes an adolescent, right? Then they, the way they think changes. That's because their brain's physically changing. And so it makes sense to me that if you bash a developing brain, you might cause bigger problems down the road. So I would think today that each season when you're younger probably has more, uh, more, does more damage, but it may not increase your risk of actually developing CT any worse than any other season later on. So the new research, again, says each two and a half additional years of football played, the odds of developing CTE doubled. Talking to Chris Nowinski, the CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation. And Chris, I started playing when I was eight, and I remember it being intense hitting right away. That's not the football game I see today. The football that's played in my town is with the big bubble practice helmets. They only do hog tackling. It's no, no head-to-head tackles if you are you are thrown out of the game immediately so a lot of people would say the game is so much safer today i know this won't happen to my kids it's so safe what do you say to them that's a great question um what i say is that we don't know the results of this intervention right if you play tackle football you're going to get hit in the head hundreds of times that's what all the research says even with all the modern changes and changing practice and all that If you cut the number of hits by half, the question is, are you going to significantly diminish CT risk? And now an analogy for this is the smoking industry. Again, when it became very clear the smoking causing lung cancer, the industry said, all right, we'll fix it. We're going to put filters on those cigarettes so not all the bad stuff gets inside and we're going to lower the tar level. And so there's not as much bad stuff in there. And yet we found out that was still causing lung cancer. And so we sort of abandoned that that was a safety change. So there's two ways to think about it. One is that you might, you maybe we can be lowering overall risk, but if that relationship of going up 30% per year probably will not change. And so you might sh- shrink where you start, but it's not, you know, you roll in the dice if you start young. Because the problem with football is that if you start at five and you teach them to love the game and you teach them to be good at the game, they're going to play through at least the end of high school. That's 13 seasons. Our, our, our group that had 13 seasons or more was a very high-risk group, a very high-risk group. So then, Chris, getting back to my question, do you have brains of kids that only played, like, youth yes. football or high school football so we have a, that we ended have up hand, having CT? Yeah. yeah, sorry. We have a, we have a handful of who, who played just youth football. We ha- we're nearing 100 who played, uh, who stopped, uh, in high, didn't go beyond high school. Got it. And what'd okay. you find in and, those? Yeah. So we just find a lower rate of CTE. I mean, that's that's sort of the, the finding is that, you know, if you, you think about your risk going up 30 percent you know, or t- doubling every two and a half years, you know, they, they have significantly less CT, you know, in terms of the odds of getting it. But they're still getting CT. We still have CT in teenagers. We still have CT, you know, advanced CT in people in their early 20s. So. I mean, the answer is, you know, if your kid plays, you know, you you, you want to hope that they, you know, the, the, the magic of this finding is that if we said, OK, you only can play in high school, you only tackle in high school, 94 uh, percent of football players would never go on to play after high school. And that group would have a, a low risk of CT. We don't know what it is, but it would probably be pretty low. And then there would be a small group of people, that six percent who goes on to you know, be much more likely to develop CT, but at least they're making a choice there when they're 18 years old or older, and we can feel a little more ethically comfortable with that. So that's, I think that's the solution we all need to sort of 
the industry and everyone needs to latch on to is that it, football is saved by the fact that it's such a dangerous game that adults don't play when they're older for free. We don't strap on a helmet when we're 30 and go play with our buddies on the weekend. And so we're all 94% of people will never play beyond high school. And that will prevent a lot of CT cases. So Chris, I know that uh, at times your science and, and, and your findings have come in <clears> criticism <throat> by other groups. I've read some of the other stuff uh, regarding the fact that they don't think that uh, at this point that the, the science is sound enough that they can take action on it. And I hear all the time, there's so much we don't know. It's very early in this. It's not conclusive. We're finding CTE in people that never played a contact sport, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure you get asked about it all the time. I just wanted to get your response to the criticism of the Concussion Legacy Foundation, everything you guys do up there at BU Science, and whether or not it, we're really at the point to take action, or is it still inconclusive? So, uh, you know, it, I've been doing this now for 12 years, and, you know, <clears throat> people affiliated with the industry or people who just don't understand this research very well love to, love to say biased cases, which I've already addressed, they love to say, uh, you know, we're finding it, in, you know, they're one person in the whole wide world who we didn't think played a sport or had trauma, had it. Uh, every time there's a criticism, we eventually show that, that, no, that's not true. No, that's not true. No, that's not true. We're sort of, you know, we're, we're, we're having to fill the gap the fact, for the fact that this was a neglected disease for 100 years. We're, the odds of us being, like, again, all, no... There's never 100% certainty in science. But I mentioned earlier, the odds of us being wrong that each year of football uh, doesn't increase your risk of, of developing CT is, is right now statistically four in a billion. This is, this is the most robust statistical association you're probably ever going to find in science. And so if you're a parent and it's your kid, this is a great time to say, I've been on the fence, but now I'm going to make the choice. That, again, we're not asking to take anything away here. We're just saying delay putting a four pound helmet on your child's head and ask them to run into people and tackle them to the ground while they're wearing four pound helmets, right? We're asking you to, to, to recognize the simplicity of the argument that you don't have your eight-year-old in the weight room because you're worried about their joint development. Then don't put a helmet on their head and hit them in the head 500 times because you should be as worried about their brain development, right? So if you follow the guideline, if you're, if you're not comfortable with your kid in the weight room, you should not be comfortable with people unloading on their head all day long. Um, and so, you know, in, in terms of addressing each one of those things that we could do it if you have the time. Uh, but the fact is that, you know, the, Nas the, the centers, U.S. Centers for Disease Control put out a fact sheet last year that says the only known risk factor for developing CT is repetitive hits to the head. If you don't trust the CDC and you don't trust the National Institutes of Health, then maybe, yes, continue having your kid in football. But these are the most you know, the best scientists in the world to interpret a large group of difficult research. That's their job. And they're advising parents that, look, this is a real thing. Um, and we need, you know, you can be the last person to wait <laughs> or you can be the first person to, to uh, make a choice. But I would recommend making that choice today. Chris Nowinski with us as CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation with some stunning new research on the impact of playing tackle football uh, as young as five, stunning findings. Uh, the big hope is that we can 
identify CTE in the living and not just in the dead? Are we closer to that point? Well, that's that's the big hope for us ex-football players. And the answer is, is yes. Um, there'll be some publications coming out showing that the combination of imaging and blood tests and spinal fluid and neuropsych tests that we can, we're starting to see what is unique about CT versus other related diseases so that we can make a, a firm, you probably have CT and not Alzheimer's and not Parkinson's and not other things. So, you know, there, there's finally science happening where we've been able to sort of get the interest of some of the top scientists and institutions in the world on this. So there is progress, but <clears throat> it's always important to say in light of this finding, for those of us who've played, we have to get to a diagnosis and then it'll take at least a decade to develop a, a treatment for this sort of disease because it's complicated. And so that's why we're investing in the, in the foundation in prevention because prevention is easy. Don't hit your kids in the head. Fixing a broken brain is incredibly hard and it's gonna take a long time, but we also welcome anyone who wants to help us solve this problem because there's a lot of people suffering. Yeah, Chris, <clears throat> that was gonna be one of my next, <clears throat> do you have any, sure. I, I know that first step is diagnosis in living people, then you can work towards solving it. But as a guy that played 18 years of football and seven in the NFL, um, what would you recommend for me or anybody listening or watching that played a bunch of football, played since they were five or played through college or whatever? What, if anything, can we do to give ourselves the best chance? Like, I don't I don't do anything where I impact the ground, Chris, to your point about the little kid in the weight room. I don't do anything where I impact the ground because I'm trying to take the long view of joint preservation. I just do like yoga and elliptical and the stepper. What can I do for my brain? Yeah, that's an important question. And it's also important to say in light of these findings, I know you have a lot of ex-football players that are watching and listening. This doesn't mean if you played 15 years, you definitely have CT. That's not the case. We had you know, people who played longer who didn't have it. So that's that's good news. But even if you think you might have it, having the pathology is not destiny. It doesn't mean your life's going to go to hell tomorrow. There's a lot of uh, variability in people's experiences in having this disease. What we do know is that it's it's good and simple advice to say your 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 heart health is very connected to your brain health. Fitness matters. Exercise is very helpful towards managing any symptoms that could be related uh, or hopefully having better long-term brain health um, down the road. Uh, so your diet really matters and your, your weight really matters and um, sleep really matters. So if you're not sleeping well, go see a doctor and talk to them about that because sleep is very important to keeping your brain as high functioning as possible. Um, and then, uh, you know, pain management is really important. So if you have old injuries, because football is also dangerous for the rest of the body, make sure that that pain management is under control so you can exercise and you can feel good and you can, you know, live your, you know, live your best life. But there, the, you know, I, I was actually with Don Davey uh, over the weekend. I ran into him, a 10-year player in the NFL who's 49, or the late 40s now, I believe, and doing triathlons because he said, look, it's all about, you know, preserving what I've got and, and living the best life. And that's a good attitude to have. Just exercise and, and, you know, being healthy will help you live a long, healthy life, even if maybe the disease is in there. Follow Chris on Twitter, Chris Nowinski1 on Twitter. I want to ask you about the efforts the NFL is making. Vontez Perfect, his season-long suspension was upheld. Do you feel the NFL is doing enough to combat the violent, at least helmet-to-helmet -helmet hits? You know, I, 
Uh, I would. I, I saw the the hit on the Jacksonville tight end uh, in, in the game this weekend, where he's knocked unconscious and spiked his head into the ground, and it was horrible. And there was no, you know, it was a 15 yard penalty, and and then maybe there'll be a fine. I'd like to see more ejections and more significant responses to the ones where there's clearly people leading in with their head. People are still leading with their head a lot. I think it's less than it used to be. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I, the NFL is doing much better this year than they were five years ago on this issue. I mean, I think we have to give some credit for that. A lot of that's being driven by the Players Association, but the NFL game is much safer. Uh, the problem is the NFL is still recruiting kids to the game. They're still spending a lot of money trying to get kids tackling. And so the concussion problem is getting slightly better. The CT problem is not necessarily getting better because they still are trying to say start at five. Um, and so if you don't change what happened to them before they, they get to the NFL, you know, the changes in the NFL aren't going to make a big difference to their long-term brain health. Chris, I don't think it's that complicated. I think everybody should just play flag football until you're 14. Like you guys say, the bottom line is it's not really a, a skill sport like tennis or even wrestling or lacrosse where you get far behind if you're not playing since you're seven. It's really a height, weight, speed, aggression sport. So you're not losing anything. The, the only two sixth graders that started on the seventh grade team when I played my first year were me and my best friend. We both got full scholarships. We had never played football before. And the 20 sure. kids had been playing football since they were five. They just weren't as big and strong as us. I don't understand how people don't get that. And by the way, no matter what position you end up playing, flag football is better. It's better for you to be moving your feet, catching the ball, being athletic, even if you're going to end up playing on the line. So totally with you on that. Speaking of the kids, though, I got to let you know on uh, maybe it's not a topic to make light of, but. What did you have the kids smoking in that commercial? Like when the kids were went and puffed out at the end, please tell me that that was not really smoke. What was that? Those those are theater cigarettes. Uh, you know, they're they're yeah. That's it's classic um, Hollywood magic, basically. <laughs> they're, God, they're safe. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, again, but it's amazing. Rebecca Carpenter was the director and she was, what's great is that she was actually like over there, like being like, all right, kids, this is how you look cool smoking. And like, cause she you know, smoked in college or something. So it was sort of funny to see it happen, but they, they made the Hollywood magic look. So a lot of people have been saying, those kids are smoking. How dare you? And it's like, if that makes you watch the, watch it, that's fine. <laughs> like think that. No, I think it's, I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's brilliant. And I think it's exactly what you should do. I just, it, it would just, it made me laugh, and I was just picturing those <laughs> kids doing that. Reminded me of my grandma. I think when I was eight, my grandma noticed me smiling when she was smoking a cigarette, and she gave me a puff. Never smoked a cigarette a day in my life. That was the worst thing. <laughs> that Oh, that was gross. Never had any desire after that. Thank you, Grandma Evelyn Bachman. <laughs> Man. Ross and I often share a brain, Chris. I had one drag of one cigarette myself, and that was all she wrote for me, too. Chris Nowinski, outstanding to have you. Check out the website. It's concussionfoundation.org, and we will tweet out all the latest CTE research from your organization. Terrific to have you. Great info. Appreciate the time. Great to talk to you guys. Look forward to the next one.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 